Welcome to the In Awe Podcast, where we amplify women and empower a community through the mission and their message. I am your host, Sarah Johnson, English teacher and school principal turned author and entrepreneur, living my own leap of faith on a mission to teach masses. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook at at Sarah S.A. Johnson. Be sure to subscribe to the In Awe Podcast so you can join me each week as I feature women who will leave us all in awe of their impact on our world. Hello, my friends, and welcome to a special episode of the In Awe Podcast. Why is it special? Aside from being able to share one of my very favorite people on the planet with you, it's also my 100th episode, sort of. <laughs> it's a funny story that I do share in this episode, but it's technically my 101st official interview. Having Jessica Cabine featured to get the numbers all aligned is so perfect, and you'll learn about that more in our conversation. Before we get started with this inspiring interview, I want to invite you all into an opportunity to join me for a free five-day live teaching session that I'm leading on Facebook. More than ever, our boundaries between work and home are becoming blurred, and as we head into the holiday season, which will look very different for us all, I believe a focus on intentional living will serve us well. Click on the link in the show notes to join the private group today so you're ready to join me when I share with you the key messages that I've shared with thousands in my workshops and keynotes, all for free, my friends. Now let's get on to this interview. Jessica Cabine is the principal of Ellis Middle School in Austin, Minnesota. Prior to that, she was the principal of the happiest place in southeastern Minnesota, the Woodson Kindergarten Center. She has been an assistant middle school principal, a special education supervisor, and special education teacher. She started her career as a music therapist and worked with adults with disabilities and adolescents in residential settings in Iowa and Illinois. She holds a bachelor degree in music therapy from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, a master's in special education from the University of St. Thomas, and and her administrative licenses from Hamlin University. Jessica was awarded the NAESP VINCI Digital Leader of Early Learning Award in 2016, and in 2017 was named the Minnesota National Distinguished Principal. Jessica is active on social media at Jessica Cabine, and she engages with other educators looking to make all things possible for our young learners and learners that are young at heart. In this episode, we discuss the many ways Jessica mentors others through workshops, coaching, and the four books that she has published. She shares a recent experience in needing to lean on a mentor herself, and we learn about a special relationship that she and her husband have developed that has layers of mentorship throughout. Each time I connect with Jessica, I am struck by her humor and visionary thinking. She is an absolute treasure with a heart for serving and mentoring, and I am deeply honored to have her in my life and absolutely thrilled that you get to have her in your ears today, friends. Be sure to check out her contact information where you could grab a book or two from this wonderful woman who has gifted the world with these messages. I am excited to celebrate this 100th or 101st episode of the In Awe Podcast. So be sure to hang out at the end of our conversation for an exciting celebration opportunity. Now it is my joy to share with you the awe-inspiring Jessica Cabine's mentorship story. Ah, uh, welcome to one of my very best friends on the planet, Jessica Cabine, back to the In Awe Podcast. Woohoo! I'd say it's good to see you, but I, I just see a screen right now, but it is good to be with you. Oh my goodness. What is our world where we have not connected enough lately? I'm so excited to have you because, well, for all the great reasons that we're going to be able to talk about through the interview, but I just think it's so cool that you agreed to be on my 100th episode. Can you even imagine? No, not at all. How did we get here? You are, I mean... I mean, people know this by listening to you, but you are just incredible and your passion to put this together. It's you've just really in awe of the work that you're doing and elevating women's voices and such great content. So, I, you know, it feels like it's it was just like last month when you started this. 
It does. And I just want the listeners to hear because I know so many listeners have come to this podcast over time and had not heard maybe even the first episodes or two. So listeners, if you're fresh with us and you haven't, I just really encourage you to go back to some of those first episodes. And of course, don't <laughs> don't judge me for any fumbles we have because after you do something for a hundred times, it's a lot easier than the first few. When I was first starting out, I was so careful and worried about numbering my episodes. It's one of those things that when you start something new, you don't, you know, know everything. But one of the things I knew is that I wanted to keep those episodes numbered. And I knew I was going to do it in a series format, but I also knew that Jessica Cabine had this insanely inspiring story about the adoption of her son, Isaiah. And I also knew that I wanted to honor you, Jess, by having it launched like right at that time. Do you remember that? It's two years ago. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh my goodness. Right. So listeners, I'm going to, I am going to tag that episode in the show notes. I want you to go back and hear that because it's such a profound message coming from Jessica, but I, I didn't number it. So it's kind of this funny little story. So I've gone, I, for all these months, just thinking, oh, this actually isn't the accurate number because I labeled Jessica Cabine as a bonus because it was, um, it, it was a bonus episode in the month of December in that first year that I started out. So I'm excited to have you for what is the hundredth episode, but it's technically the hundred and first. Well, you know, that's very, very memorable. <laughs> Oh my goodness. It's awesome. So yes. Yeah, so listeners, make sure that you listen to that first episode, but I'm super pumped because we are going to be able to feature your professional side in this podcast interview. We spent a lot of time on the personal aspect last time and you just have so much to offer. And I think even since the two years that, uh, that you so graciously agreed to help me start this podcast by being one of those vulnerable firsts, um, since then you've done so much in your professional life. You just continue to grow and to amaze me. And so I really, really want to be able to share your mentor story and your professional story. So I'm so grateful that you agreed to join me for this. Of course, of course, it's gonna be fun. All right, my friends. So let's talk uh, a little bit before I keep going on and on about your current context. If there is a listener out there, for some reason, this is the first chance that they get to hear about Jessica Gabine, or if they haven't heard what you're up to in a while, do you want to share what you got going on these days? I have, oh my gosh, absolutely. So um, I am a recovering middle school assistant principal turned kindergarten principal for six years. And now back at that middle school, this is my third year back at the middle school as the principal and my two grade levels. This is my, my favorite story about this is the seventh and eighth graders that are at Ellis middle school right now were my first two classes of kindergartners. Mm. So I have them all again, and they're even more fun as 14-year-olds than five-year-olds, if you can believe that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's my work context. And uh, I um, right now is just, you know, if, if your listeners are listening in this moment, we're in COVID. Uh, we are... We were fortunate enough to stay hybrid at our middle school up until Thanksgiving, and then we're transitioning to distance learning. So we had a good quarter and a half of seeing kids in person two days a week, um, and now we're going to transition to distance learning through the end of 2020, and we'll see what 2021 has to provide. So that's the perfect the the work as the positional. In the quadrants, Sarah, the positional part of my life. And then the professional part uh, is I'm super excited. Um, and I can, it'll be kind of podcast official here is uh, 
NAESP, which is the National Association for Elementary School Principals, has uh, branched out some of their fellowships. So they have fellows um, of innovation, which was Hamish Brewer and Andy Jacks. Well, since then, they've, they've branched out a little bit. So Dr. Kevin Armstrong and I are now fellows for middle school leaders. So oh. that's really exciting. And, you know, as we talk about mentorship, I was thinking about that. And I should have said that at the beginning too, Sarah, before we got on was that I'm really excited about um, providing more opportunities for middle school principals to have a voice at that national level. So working on that and then doing a a little work with Future Ready as an advisor for their principal group. So staying busy, uh, trying to stay connected in a very isolating setting. We'll put it that way. Oh my goodness. And so that is why I'm so glad to have you here because I think it's going to give a breath of fresh air for all of us to know that you can still keep growing yourself professionally right now, even though I think I know that many people listening to the podcast are educators, they're leaders, and it's just a hard time. Um, But one of the things that I noticed from you and that I really appreciate about you is that you continue to very authentically grind through the same challenges that everybody's facing, whether they're first year principals or in 30th year of principalship. You know, there's so many new challenges that nobody's ever faced. And yet here you are digging in and sharing those challenges. And really one of the things that I love about like your blog posts and the writing you do is how you normalize, you know, those things where we might, you know, we might fear fear, um, sharing our challenges or uh, being real because of course we know leadership is in a spotlight. Mm-hmm. And it feels even more so now <laughs> um, and where it's so much easier to, you know, consistently fail in a spotlight. But I just wanted to mention that, um, that w- that's one of the things about you that is so mentoring about you is that you can, you know, come into a space and help people feel comforted and help them grow in their leadership just you know, with your writing, let alone the advocacy you're doing, which is amazing to hear. So congratulations, by the way, on that fellowship. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, it's been, it's been fun to kind of think about, you know, coming back to the middle school when I was here before flip phones were really popular and (laughs) had just come out. And so a lot's changed since, um, like this whole Snapchat and TikTok and everything else. So, uh, it's been really, I'm really excited about trying to help fill the gap of how do we really equip middle school leaders and, and keep them inspired and engaged because it's a really fun age group, but it's also really unique. And so they have their own challenges. So I'm excited about partnering um, with NAESP and, and Kevin and finding other middle school leaders to really help us continue to grow and support each other um, during COVID, past COVID, and for whatever else is to come in middle school because it's never the same any day never the same. No, it's not. And I just, I love that so much um, that you point out because that's so true. Just even the fact that you're mentioning NAESP and NASSP, that middle school group just seems to get lumped. Like I think about just even the local schools that I've worked in, um, they disappear, the middle school. It's like, you know, I was a 712 principal. We didn't really, you know, so I was a middle and a high, but (laughs) the middle just kind of got lost there. It's just kind of a funny thing. And they are so unique. So thank you for doing that. And I think that you're going to just bring such humor and joy and professionalism to that table. I'm so glad you're there. Oh, oh goodness. yes. My first article, uh, I start with my one of my 
favorite middle school memories. So it's, it's pretty defining. Like you, you gotta get, you can't even get through the first paragraph before you realize that this, this girl is a little loopy. So <laughs> like if you don't, if you're not, if that, but I think that's almost like the, the hidden street cred of middle school. Like if you can get the joke about what my favorite middle school event was, then you're in, you're in the group. You can keep reading. You can join, join the crazy club. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, I love it. All right. So, but you know, this is not something new to you. I'm, I'm glad that you shared the current context and, and the new things that you have going on, but you've also for, uh, well, as long as I've known you and before that, been mentoring other leaders and educators. I've known that you've done work with the Principals Academy in Minnesota. Do you want to share a little bit about your experiences there? Yes. Yeah. So uh, for if you're on the East Coast, NISL, the National Institute of School Leadership might sound more familiar to you. So the Principal Academy is the Minnesota component of the National Institute of School Leadership. And so there are modules in which current principals, practicing principals, come in and meet with cohorts over different uh themes and categories. And really, Dr. Katie Pakel out of the University of Minnesota has been really instrumental in, in choosing practicing principles to come in and work with cohorts of principles in regards to, you know, strategic direction and literacy instruction and math and science and equity and ethical leadership. And so I've been a part of that for, oh gosh, like you said, probably eight years, I think. And um, in in that time too, then I had an opportunity when I was the kindergarten principal to be a part of the Minnesota Early Learning Academy. And that was really powerful as Minnesota was uh, latching onto all day kindergarten. Uh, so it was really neat to be a part of that and really support practicing principals and, you know, equipping their buildings to have all day kindergarten in their, in their school settings when they used to half day or, you know, part, you know, part during the week. So uh, I really, really liked that time of getting across the state and getting to meet different, you know, players in our, in our stakeholder groups and, and getting to see other schools has been a lot of fun. That's so good. And I know that from the experience, I'm sure that you have made connections that have been lasting. It's one of the things that you do so well is connecting with people and helping them to see their strengths and to help them grow. And like I said, just um, making this leadership thing, this real challenge that we face, um, a human connection. And so what? You know, one more thing that I wanted to touch upon that I love that you do is <laughs> working with principals with Jimmy Casas and Associates. Yes. Uh, you want to share a little bit about your experiences there? Yes. So uh, I think, and I don't, I'm so sorry. You might just hear Herman. Herman's trying to come in and make his, his um, debut on your podcast. I'm so glad he's yeah. here. <laughs> hey, Herman. <laughs> yep. 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 Herman is a handful. My little puppy, my little COVID puppy. Uh, but now I think he left, so now I can keep going. So sorry about that. So <laughs> Jimmy, I've just been, I mean, Sarah's doing some great work with Jimmy and coaching principals. And, and really, I think that's the piece too we have to think about is is as a coach, I, you're getting as much out of it as the people you're working with. And was it, oh gosh, was it about a year ago that we were all together out in Virginia, I think? Oh, exactly a year ago. Yep. Yep. And just such an incredible experience to go into schools and campuses and meet with uh, state, like stakeholders. So meeting, interviewing teachers, paraprofessionals, secretaries, and the principal, and working to come up with a really comprehensive plan 
for support for the school. And it was so, I mean, Jimmy has such a great framework to be able to go in and really be strategic and intentional about what are the three main areas that we need to focus on to move this school towards greater excellence. And so if you're not uh, aware of Jimmy's work, definitely check on his website, reach out to him. I'm so excited that he's continuing that work of coaching even during COVID because this is when we need it. As a principal, a school leader, we are isolated right now and alone and navigating something none of us have done before. And so to see that that Jimmy and Sarah and the team are out working and supporting practicing principals in this environment is fantastic. And it's it's so fun to see everybody work so hard. And, and like I said, I get more out of it probably than anybody else because I come back and I'm like, now I want to do this or I want to try that or I see things differently after being in different settings. Well, and I appreciate what you said about um, learning. And I'm sure that happened all along the way through all of the mentoring and, you know, the work you're doing with NAESP now and all the other associations that you've worked with before. You know, there's a, a piece about mentorship where, I don't know, maybe you can help me with what you think mentorship is. But one of the things that I value is the mentors that I've had over time. They give me the knowledge that they have at that time. They typically pour hope into me, um, but they don't expect that, or I don't expect, and neither do they, that they have every answer. And it's more about just helping to cultivate excellence, I guess, in other people. And so I think that encapsulated it pretty well with what you said. Do you agree with that? Or would you like to add to that definition at all? No, I I completely agree with that. And I just, just in in general, in education, um, in working with women leaders, we just are so much better together. We just really are. And just letting go of we have to lead alone, we have to lead with perfection, we have to lead with our title and not with our skill sets that we've been given. I I just really appreciate that we're really trying to shatter some of those misconceptions because it can really move the needle forward more quickly in schools uh, if you can let some of that go right away. Absolutely. And so I'm curious, and I didn't prep you for this question, but I've been thinking about this one a lot in my own world. Do you want to share with us a little at all about your own stories of mentors in your life? And this could be from young adulthood, you know, up through whenever. Is there a mentor that's influenced your life? Oh, well, when we talk about coaching and mentorship, I would say Shelly Burgess has been a lifeline to me in this season. Um, Shelly was uh, an assistant superintendent and edu- uh, principal educator, and um, now is you know part of Burgess Publishing. <laughs> if you don't know who Shelly is, she's fantastic. Uh, but this summer, uh, we started to connect, and we would go on like weekly walks. So just I'd call her and we'd set a time. We go for like a forty-five minute walk, and it was so helpful for me, Sarah, because. I was like, I think this is how I want to do my listening sessions for my stakeholder groups, or I think this, or I'm wondering about this. And she was able to see things just from a different lens. Um, And she was just outside of my context, which was really helpful. And the summer we had also done, I was part of a book study with her on white fragility. And so it was really nice outside of that to have deeper conversations with another person that that knows me and knows how I lead and could ha- kind of help me just push me a little bit more in my work and my thinking uh, when I'm thinking about working with students of color and their families now. So, I mean, she just 
and it was so nice because we were, we were on a walk, like we weren't physically together, but it was being creative about how can I stay connected with people and learn and grow during COVID. And then it was also just really healthy to get out and get fresh air and, and, and do that. So that was really helpful. I think it was really hard at first, Sarah, because right now there's so many other things we could be doing than going for a 30 minute walk outside with a, with a friend, but really filled me up uh, and really, I think made me a better principal because I could come back into meetings feeling refreshed. I came with new ideas. I could practice uh, like elevator speeches with her and get feedback. And so that really taught me a lot just to really lean into this discomfort right now and seek people that I'm really in awe impressed with and ask for help. Mm -hmm. That's so powerful. And again, I think for two things, it speaks to your humility and why you're such a powerful leader, because you, like you said, you are a person who is looking for growth. And during this time, I can only imagine the challenges that all leaders, because it's not just COVID. We've had so many different, really heavy hitter nationwide issues, not to mention the election, right? That just passed behind us, like all of the challenges to face that come into our schools. And so I'm really loving the message coming from you is to be somebody who is obviously well-read, who has written books on leadership, and yet here you are growing yourself through these discussions. And that's amazing. And I love Shelly. And I'm so glad that she was able to serve your leadership during this time. And to have a, a person to be able to note that as a current mentor was not what I was expecting. That's helping me grow in my thinking um, too, because when I've thought about mentors, I've been thinking about the people that, you know, along the journey that had kind of gotten me to specific spaces. And so that's just another testament of who you are too right now, like that continuous growth mindset that you have. Well, and I, and I probably just came to my mind because this is just such a, a season of opportunity I guess I, I want to put it that way. It's a season of opportunity. And because so much of our traditional learning has been conferences or getting together and gathering in person, I've had to really rethink that. And I, I haven't wanted to lose connections with people. I think some of it is just surviving some of the season too. But then it's also an opportunity to think about who who can help me learn and grow and who's willing to, to push me in this that has capacity to do that too. You know, I think a lot of, people like it, you know, that are raising families, trying to, to do things um, for their own family and then turn around and then try to lead in a school. I mean, having somebody kind of out of that context a little bit is really helpful. With mentorship too, I think it's really a beautiful reciprocal relationship that we can have. You know, I was thinking today about this conversation that you and I were going to have because you have been a mentor in my life and I'm so grateful for you. I, I think back to when we first met, there is not even a thought that I would have had to be in the space that I am now. Um, you know, or it, let me put it this way as an, a former English teacher, I always knew I wanted to write. I always knew that I wanted to create, but you know, life got in the way. And, and when you're so busy raising family and, um, you know, leading schools and doing all the other things, you just, you know, it's easy to become complacent. And you mentored me at a really important time in my life. We kind of grew up with this together where we co-wrote Balance Like a Pirate. You were also writing another book at the same time, right? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> and then how many afterward? But it's just such a beautiful opportunity for you to come alongside me at a time when I needed it. And and so I just want to thank you for that. Because if you had not, you and Jessica Johnson, if you hadn't entered my life, I don't know that I would be where I am now because I would not have thought maybe possible to write a book. Well, and, and write, I mean, for you and Jess to kind of invite me into your circle, I was just grateful for that because you two had been such a powerhouse in the Midwest and Wisconsin. And for for you to take a girl from Minnesota under your wing was just <laughs> a blessing in itself. So yes, I think we, I mean, I think about where we were at that embassy suites, you know, how many years ago right, working on that book to where we are now, I don't even think I could have envisioned where I would be now today. So no, and I'll never forget that. And so I think that's an awesome opportunity to talk about it. So, you know, you published hacking Okay, which one came first? Can you just remind me of the timeline of your books? The chicken or the egg, yes. Uh, Hacking early learning, yes, came out first. And then balance came out second. And they were like right up next to each other. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness, how awesome. Wouldn't wouldn't recommend that, no. (laughs) One thing at a time. One thing at a time. Yeah, if you're going to write a book on balance, you might as well go all in, right? So then you had those. So you mentor. This is what I would like to talk about because you mentor. We've talked about in organizations, in your position, you coach, but you also do through your writing, not only your um, books, but your blog. So friends, you have got to get subscribed to Jessica's newsletter. She puts out an an awesome resource every month. And so I'll make sure to link that. Uh, But you have also published multiple books. I want to hear about these. Hacking early learning is a message for people. What are they going to get when they pick up that book? So really hacking early learning is about, you know, the 10 key kind of best practices for early learning. So whether you're a new to early learning teacher or leader, uh, or let's say you've been an elementary principal, but you never really taught in those primary years, that really uh, was a really, I mean, I even still go back to that, honestly, and I can use some of those um, key practices at the middle school, especially around play and innovation and collaboration. So that really, I think it was, it was a labor of love of everything I wish I would have known before I started the kindergarten principal job. So it's pretty much like, um, read this so you don't make all the mistakes I did kind of thing. Spot on. And you absolutely hit, you know, you hit the mark there because I remember reading it thinking, I wish I would have had that when I had jumped into the elementary level principaling because <laughs> yes, you, so friends, if you're in that boat, um, Jess can mentor you from afar. You can pick that one up. Of course, you got the balance message. I think my listeners are pretty familiar with that one, but what, you know, I, what's your hot take on that one for people who would want to pick it up? What do you think they could gain from it? I think it's, it's a renewed sense of purpose. I, I feel like we're all a little off kiltered now and, you know, where are our priorities and how do we find some passion and take that back into our day? And so it just, I really feel like it would help put some priorities back in perspective for, for readers and for educators. I think so too. And I just love how you you continue to weave that into a lot of your messaging in subtle and different ways. So how about um, in the next publications? Let's go with those. So then it would be un- Unconventional Leadership and that's through Routledge. And that one was more of a challenge. And, and I still remember it was a ride back from Thief River Falls in the Minnesota Principal Academy with Dr. Pacal. And, and we were having really 
deep conversations about the world of social media and then the world of professional practice and research. And there, at that time, there was more of a divide. So you were either in social media on Twitter, or you were, you know, part of more of the academic realm and education. And so unconventional leadership was my own challenge to see, can you, can we look at research-based practices and connect them to social media? And so we would, we looked at it from a lens of students, families, staff, uh, community partners, central office, and then ourselves. And so I would take practices that I had found either my on my own trying them or through social media, and then connect it to research articles or journals. And then we would highlight different leaders in each of the categories to kind of say, okay, this is how we do it. And then, then add on um, people to follow and things to check into for more more learning. And so it was a partnership with Routledge to really say, okay, how do we connect these two worlds? Because we can, again, continue to become better and stronger by working together and learning more from each other. Mm, that's so good. And uh, and I love that bridging piece. And I love how you said at that time, um, because I have seen a difference in tone in Twitter. And maybe it's just the algorithms is, you know, who I follow. But that is a really interesting distinction. Um, so good work on that. Leads into book four then. All right. So let's hear about, I love book four. Let's hear about it. <laughs> Which is Lead with Grace. And it's really navigating the soft skills of leadership. Uh, and you can use it on social media too, or send it to a friend that might need it on social media or not even a friend. You could just send them that. But <laughs> I think sometimes we are seeing the other side of social media where, where uh, sometimes it's not so nice. And it's not helpful either. And so uh, with Lead with Grace, we looked at, you know, the key characteristics of, of leading. So authenticity, vulnerability, integrity, and then taking that into how are you leading with grace in your communication and your relationships and in self-care. And then we looked at like platforms, like how are you communicating with grace? How are you responding to email or social media meltdowns with grace? And then how are you um, just taking care of yourself? And so I do, I mean, I, I really do love that book and, and really try to continue to, to learn from it and apply more of it uh, as I continue in this journey of leading at work and home. Well, and I love that you mentioned that because it is a beautiful message. Every single one of them is, but I just feel like the timing of it is um, not, it's meant to be, it's not by accident <laughs> because we hear a lot of, in 2020, we've been hearing a lot of buzzwords, right? And grace keeps coming up and it's kind of funny because I think about you every time <laughs> somebody says it. Of course, we see it in a lot of different places, but I know uh, being a faithful person that you were meant to write that message. And it's fun because you can see your own words come back to you in this new context that you're probably being challenged on on the daily Oh, yeah. And I always go back to like my one of my mantras in that book is, you know, that grace is a willingness to learn something every day and forgive yourself along the way. And so if I can walk into my day in that mindset and then reflect on the day as I leave with that, I've learned something and I've forgiven myself for any mistakes I've made. Because otherwise, if you just keep beating yourself up, that baggage is almost insurmountable as if you don't learn how to let that go. Absolutely. And I think um, you and I haven't actually had this conversation, but I believe that you're in a Neagram 3. Is that accurate? 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that makes a ton of sense too, because a lot of us have that, but as you, as that achiever person would have um, an intense internal battle with that, that gives this really beautiful ministry of a message that you can give to others because of that continuous battle that you fight, you know, basically every day. And it applies to so much of us, but I know that it's something that's probably inside of you that <laughs> continues to be challenged even more so in this time when there are no really right answers. And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's so good. Okay. So I love all of those messages. Listeners, I will certainly be sure to link every single one of those, but I know that you got a one-stop shop at jessicagabine.com, which I will also link, which is fun. I love that. And I think that um, one of the things that I love about you is that you have such a wide ranging network of people. And I think that's something you do intentionally. And I also have noticed about you that you're willing to invite new people into new seasons and you learn and grow. But one of the things that you also do is cultivate mentorship in your personal life. And though, you know, we talked a lot about um, your story in the the other episode that we first had, I'm going to link that. But I also want the listeners to hear how an incredible, authentic, beautiful soul you are. You want to share just a little bit about the way that you and your husband continue to work on your own mentorship story with um, young individual in your life? Yes. Well, and I think I have to just, I have to start with, uh, before I get to, to working with youth, um, I was mentored and she knows that very well. Her name is Martha and she lives in Nashville and she is from Ethiopia. And I had the honor of having, oh goodness, I think four of her girls come through either the middle school or the kindergarten center before they moved. And, uh, Martha's daughter was in middle school when we adopted Isaiah and she heard, and we're a smaller community, and so she heard that this principal, assistant principal, was was adopting this child from Africa and not only provided me just tactical things like hair care and hair products, but really invited me into her family. And so Isaiah had, you know, cousins almost, and her husband was such a, and continues to be a strong mentor for Isaiah. And we would, we come over for meals and just, she just really welcomed me into a community um, that I have just been forever grateful for. And that's really, really helped my husband and I to continue to support uh, the African community in Austin. And just because they are part of our family, they've, they've adopted us into our, their family with um, the adoption of our son, Isaiah, that we want to continue to grow and support uh, young people in the community. And so through the church, my husband does some discipleship. And so he mentors young boys like middle school, high school, and, um, with my work in the middle school, I've had a chance to start to meet some students. And the one young man that is just really close to my heart now is a sophomore. And just, he, he knows he has my heart. I think, you know, and, and I just, um, have been able to walk with him and, and through some really challenging circumstances, um, in his personal life and been able to, to be there, um, through that, but then also to see him thrive in school and in, sports and in his own leadership on social media, which I'm sometimes he's probably like, do you really need to like everything I post or could you do <laughs> the crazy aunt here? But it's really, um, when you, and I think all of us as educators have had those single students that have really 
put an imprint on your life, not just at work, but in everything. And he is one of the three that I can think of that I am just a better human being. And I have such a broader understanding of the struggles of our our students that um, are immigrants and their families because of walking alongside him for the past three years. And so that's another like, and Sarah, I really appreciate that you let me share that because it I, mentorship isn't just professional. Mm-hmm. Mentorship can be really personal and can really capture passions. And so he, um, he just left the house. He's coming back later, but he uh, really has inspired me to be a better person. And I've been opening myself up to new opportunities and experiences because I am just in awe of everything he's accomplished and overcome in his short life. That's so beautiful. And I'm glad that you got a chance to share a little nugget of that story because I'll just never forget hearing about... um, this person that you love so deeply in your life. And it's something, you know, you and I are friends, you and I are co-authors, we're colleagues. It's just something that I feel like the world needs to hear about. You've got this big heart and, um, but more so that you see that, that our life has a lot of purpose and it's not just in our work environment. So we have opportunities all the time to grow and learn and have that reciprocal relationship. And one of the the quote that I use for this series um, is from Oprah Winfrey. And it's basically that mentors just, you know, they are mentors because they give us hope inside of ourselves. And so I just see like your story all throughout all of this is, and then what you keep bringing it back to is that it's like mirrored back to you. And it's a, it's a reciprocal, like it's a reciprocity that you receive in the mentorship that you give is what I'm hearing. And I just think that's so beautiful, Jessica. You're amazing. Oh my gosh. Well, and I think in, if you were in my office, so the very brief story to this too, then is, you know, you just never know the impact you're going to make on a, on a, on a child. And when we were very early on in this journey um, of our relationship uh, in a, in football, if you're in sports, you always have like the, the parent night or the senior night where you recognize your family and you're and we had a, a program or a brochure that in which highlighted, you know, every kid and their parents, their favorite sports, their color, you know, favorite color, whatever. And so we were going through that, that program and we got to our, our older son and, you know, it says parents, you know, and they listed our names and then what he liked and his favorite football team. And then we got to this young man. And at that time he um, was not living at home. And so instead of parents, it said mentor and it had my husband's name. Mm. And it still, I have that up in my office um, to just continually remind me, you just never know uh, the meaning of an interaction or action you have with somebody. Because at that time, it wasn't anything time intensive. I think he just, my husband just spent a little time with him, but it was enough that it made such a difference. And that really in turn, I keep that, like I said, I keep that and I look at it every day and just remind myself that you just, you never know how much you mean to somebody. Um, and when you have an opportunity to, to get something like that, you laminate that thing and you keep it <laughs> on the things that, that maybe you wouldn't get that in a newspaper or an article, but it just really keeps me grounded and you just, you really can make a great impact on a student or a colleague or a friend. That's so true. And what are our lives but to be spent in ways like that? So really beautiful. And and listeners, you heard it from Jessica Kabeen. When you get something like that, you laminate it. <laughs> 
No, that's the kindergarten in me. You laminate that thing. That's that's the yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love you so much. Well, Jessica, I have my two standard questions that I want to ask you because they are the signal to the end of this podcast. I know that you're going to have so many great nuggets of wisdom, and I'm so excited to hear. So, do you have? Are you ready for those two questions? All right. The first one is: If you could write a letter to yourself at any age or stage, what would you say? Oh, I'd have to go to middle school. I think because I'm there, I think I would go to middle school and I would probably go to my younger self and be like, it's really not that big a deal. Like, it's really not like life is actually a lot better after that. So hard to remember that or know that in the moment. Right. And I'm sure that you've, you know, with all the interactions that you have on a given day, (laughs) you wish you could give that to the students. Right. Oh, and I, I have my middle school like yearbook. With with a with one of the worst pictures of me ever. Thank goodness that was before social media, so nobody has it yet. And I'll pull that out every once in a while when when somebody's like, "I'm never going to get past this," and I show them a picture, they're like, "Wow, <laughs> you look not really good." I'm like, "Yep, thank you. See, things can get better with age." <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. That's so good. Okay, <laughs> how about this one? If listeners find themselves in a pit of fear or doubt, what could you say to help them rise up out of it? Breathe. First, breathe. I think that just that in itself is a grounding opportunity or way to recalibrate uh, and ask for help. It's it's probably the the thing you don't want to do is the thing you need to do the most. And and for me, that's I need help. I need to show my weakness and say I, I don't know how to to do this. I don't know how to get out of this. I need help. Mm, spoken like a true mentor. I know that you've been uh, helped so many people. You've been helped to me. Uh, I know that you've helped somebody, probably several people just listening to this episode. Um, And so I thank you for your life. I thank you for your purpose. I thank you for living it big and for continuing to answer every call that is meant for you and for mentoring in so many different spaces of your life. You're an incredible woman, Jessica Cabine, and I'm honored to have you on the podcast again. Wow. Thank you. You are amazing. You're amazing. And I appreciate all the work you do. Oh, my friend. Okay. So if listeners, um, which I know that they're going to want to, like I said, I will link everything, um, Jessica Gabine on this podcast episode, but is there a way that you would prefer that listeners interact with you after this episode? Uh, so I'm, I'm learning the Instagram. So I'm on Instagram (laughs) and Twitter at Jessica Gabine. And then my Facebook page is Principal In Balance. Uh, Those are probably the platforms I'm most on. If you don't edit out Herman Naughty, I think on Instagram, I might have a Herman story. So you can actually, Herman's right all over everything. Everybody loves Herman, like legit. I'm like, I could post like a great family picture and they're like, well, where's another Herman story? Oh, Herman. Oh, Herman is right. (laughs) Oh, Herman. What have you gotten into while I've been down here with Sarah is what we're going to find out next. (laughs) I love it. All right, Jessica Cabine. Well, thank you so much for being one of my most memorable and important mentors. Thank you for joining me on this 100 slash 101st episode. I thank you so much. And I just wish you all the blessings for a beautiful end to 2020, my friend. Oh, my goodness. You as well. 
celebrate good times. Come on. I'm so excited. I get to celebrate with you, my in community, this 100 slash 101st episode. It is a milestone. It is an example of how you have shown up, whether it's been this first episode or you've been with me with all the interviews. I am so grateful to have built this community and I'm excited to celebrate with you. So for the rest of this month, November 2020, I am doing a giveaway to celebrate 100 episodes and you are invited to join in on it. Just simply share Jessica's story, her mentorship story. Take the link, copy it into your Twitter, into your Facebook, wherever that you get, grab this for social media and tag Jessica and I use the hashtag in rise and you'll be entered into the opportunity to win one of three book bundles in these bundles. I have included a copy of our co-authored message with Jessica Johnson going beyond work-life balance to ignite passion and thrive as an educator. That's the balance like a pirate. And also a copy of my book lead with faith building strong foundations so you can rise up, slay fear, and serve well. And in addition to that, I'm going to toss in a little surprise in one of my favorite books that I've read this year. And so again, if you would just share and amplify Jessica's story, she's amazing, and celebrate this exciting milestone with me, I'm excited to do a giveaway to celebrate this time together. Thank you so much, friends. I love having you a part of the community, and I'm so grateful for you. Celebrate! I continue to be completely awe-inspired by every single guest on this podcast, and I am so grateful every time you choose to share, rate, review an episode. It matters so greatly to the mission and the message of our guests, and I appreciate every time you help one another rise by lifting up the message. Thank you so much, and I appreciate you being a part of this awe-inspiring community.